Oh, yeah. Little old school golf show sound. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee alongside me. Now, now look, you know, you've listened to this lovely station as long as I'm sure you have. You've heard me and McKee talking plenty of golf. And going forward on Saturday mornings, you're going to hear plenty more of it. Uh, I've been lucky enough to do the show with Hugh uh, this year. Obviously, if you've been listening, you know uh, Hugh Burrell stepping away from the station. Uh, greener pastures ahead from him. Maybe, I, I heard they're actually going to pay him money at this new job. I know nothing about that working in radio. But McKee, uh, it's going to be me and you uh, shepherding this thing along uh, for hopefully the foreseeable future. They've given us at least this year. Uh, I think we've got like the equivalent of 10-day contracts trying to turn it into another and then try to turn it into a full thing. Uh, obviously, happy to be with you here on Sportsnet 5. Not in the fan, Sportsnet 650, and uh, Sportsnet in Calgary as well. But Key, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Um, yeah, it's crazy. The, the Hugh Burrell uh, experience on the golf show was a very pleasant one. Uh, a way more professional broadcaster than me or you. Uh, really good <laughs> at his job, so we'll see how it goes without him. But uh, he, yeah, he, he left the media world. It's uh, been a, It's been a long time for him in this, but honestly, I can't. Yeah, I, I don't want to go. I know he's listening right now. I know he got up on a Saturday morning to listen to the first show because he's, you know, guaranteed. But he's a spectacular guy, one of the best guys in the industry. Um, you know, great guy to play some golf with, tip a couple back with. Just a spectacular dude who will miss on uh, on the station. But you and I won't miss him because I can guarantee you we will be playing golf with him multiple times this summer. But yeah, Huey, you're a beauty. Uh, good luck at Golf Town and uh, have a blast doing that, buddy. Because that sounds like a great job. And hey, I still have your number. So if I need a new sticks next year, I know who I'm hitting up. Oh, absolutely. The uh, the the line forming in his email <laughs> inbox or, or phone well, right now is well, very lengthy. I and you know, I hate to give our boy JD Bunkus too much credit on anything, but Don't ever when I do that. when I sent out the tweet being like, Oh, congratulations, Huey, and then and then Bunkus tweeted at him and was like, Yeah, uh, you, you all these guys are now sucking up to you for the hookups. And he just added every single golf guy at the station. And he was right. There's no denying that. So uh, happy for Hugh. But guess what, man? I'm absolutely thrilled to be here doing this. You know, I've been working at Sportsnet for probably eight years or so now, which is crazy to think about. Um, you know, I listened to the golf show before I worked at the fan. I used to work delivering pizza. I'd start a prep shift on Saturday mornings, and I would listen to the golf show with with, uh, with Scott Metcalf. And I can't remember who it was back then, but I remember it was Scott Metcalf. It was Lego for a little bit, and I loved it. I thought, you know, what a what a uh, bo- uh, what a cool show that would be to to do. And now, you know, eight years later, after doing, a, I'm here now. I am hosting it. I'm a host of the golf show. So let's do this, Gunner. It's, I'm fired up about it, buddy. And and what better week uh, to kick us off than right, right after a major? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll dive into uh, last week's major and how exciting it was. Uh, just a couple of minutes time, but you know you you're all. Here's the thing, as you mentioned, uh, going to take a little bit of a different tone on the show. Uh, obviously, we love having fun, and let's be honest, we love talking about where we're playing. So uh, hit us up on the text line five ninety five ninety. Include your name and location. Let us know uh, where you're teeing it up this weekend or uh, next time you're getting out. But McKee. I, uh, you know, you're, you're usually a pretty mild mannered guy, yes. but occasionally you, um, you have some thoughts that you share with, with, uh, golf course employees. And I feel like you're going to try to, uh, you know, maybe bully is a little bit strong, but I feel grease like you're going to try to grease the wheels is what you're going to try to do Monday morning. What do you, what do you got uh, well, in so store? I've a dream of mine has always been to be the first tea time out at any golf course. And we fulfilled that earlier this year. When we played at Lakeview and we played in a, with a foursome, we were the first tee time out. We didn't wait. It was spectacular. 
Now, I've been trying to find someone. You know, all my golf buds are away. You're gone. You can't do Monday. Our buddy Primer's up in Quebec, rural Quebec, who knows where. My our other friend Maddie, he's gone. Like I got no golf buds right now. So <laughs> I'm gonna play a solo round at Don Valley Golf Course, which I've re-fallen in love with in Toronto. You know, just uh, just at the foot of the 401 on, on Young Street, a spectacular course that you know it really, really is a real gem in the in the city's right in the city. It makes you feel like you're in the country, but you're right in the city. So I booked a tee time for 5.50 a.m. as a single on Monday morning. Now, what you may say to that is, you're an idiot. That's way too early. But my scenario is, I found out that the first tee time is 5.40, and I couldn't get the 5.40 tee time. So I'm going to show up probably around 5.30. You know, know, I'm a a serially early guy. I'm going to show up, going to float around around there and be like, hey, do you guys mind if I just go out alone? Because I've always wanted to see, playing by myself, how fast I could do 18 holes. So I'm really hoping that I can sweet-talk my way into getting out there, being the first guy out on Don Valley on Monday morning, and you know, setting the pace for the course so that they can have a fast day out there, which is truly impossible at a city course, but I'm ready to do it. So Gunner, do you think I can go sub three hours if I'm by myself and the first tee time? I have no doubt about that. I, I truly do. One, because you are someone who, like, you're not somebody who gives up on a lost ball easily. But if you have a goal in mind, I believe you can let mm-hmm. let the odd pearl slip slip yep. into the abyss uh, yeah, without looking yes, too hard. Correct. So that's not an issue. The only thing I think you're going to have the problem of is you say the first tee time is 540. Now, I was out in another city course, a little executive track, and Ooh. I was out there. I had a 550 t- uh, foursome. And there must have been like 30 dudes in the parking lot when I rolled in at 535. So it really, I, yeah, it was a mm. log jam out there. So I don't know, like, like I Godspeed. I just don't know how, if you're going to be able to get out there. Uh, I'm very, the I can, you know what? I can be extremely assertive when I need to be. And I can just, you know, kind of take my and be like, I, I can see a group of guys and be like, hey, guys, I'm just going to sneak out in front of you. And, you know, mm. I'll just talk to them like I'm going to do it. And they'll be like, yeah, sure, go ahead, man. And I'll be gone, done the first hole at Don Valley before they're even ready to tee off. So let's do it, Connor. Monday morning. I mean, I, st- I got a twosome. It's, I got two spots. I know you're playing golf every day. You never see your child. But you can come and, uh, you can come and play with me if you want, bud. I would love nothing more. But, yeah, the, uh, the tee time Friday, the tee time <laughs> Sunday, and then uh, and, probably some other tee time later on in the week uh, makes it tough to uh, sneak and out for the So Monday. I'm playing and, Monday. Yeah, child, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing Monday at Don Valley, which I'm excited for. And then I got a reunion round. I'm playing with my hockey team, but uh, the four of us, a treat. We're heading north to TPC Toronto to Osprey Valley to play the Hoot, the four of us. So on Tuesday morning, I think 1030, really excited for that. So got a great week of golf ahead for uh, for me personally. Going to play with uh, my fiance on, for, on Thursday at, on Canada Day at uh, Scarlet Woods, which uh, I believe is the course you were talking about earlier. That's right. So a nice full week of Toronto golf ahead. Let's do it, Gunner. There we go. And yes, uh, if, you, if you haven't been, uh, please uh, check out TPC. Uh, I mean, definitely check out the Hoot, but check out all three other tracks there. I've only played the Hoot. I've got to, I've got to cross the other two uh, off my bucket list. All right. So uh, speaking of items crossed off bucket lists, um, a guy we're both pretty fond of, uh, Jonathan Rom. He uh, mm. crossed the major off his bucket list. He, you know, I, I tweeted this out on Sunday. You know, look, anytime you have a new major winner, it's exciting. But it's even more so when it feels like someone who belongs to the club. 
You know, this isn't Danny Willett winning the Masters a, a few <laughs> years ago. This isn't even this isn't even really Colin Morikawa winning the PGA last year. Like that that feels like a guy who's going to become. But John Rahm's major win felt like a guy just absolutely. And again, what more could he have accomplished other than this? But it felt like him just clearly stamping his kind of seat at the table proving he is truly, truly, truly in that game's elite class. And it's just having another guy like that who has that kind of that rubber stamp, that backing, whatever you want to call it, I just think it puts the game in a great a great place. Yeah, and I don't know if what, how you feel about it, but I wouldn't say that he was necessarily tortured in majors. I wouldn't say that he had any big, like, collapses, but he was knocking on the door in a lot of majors heading into this. You know, I feel like every Masters, he's floating around, you know, mm-hmm. in the top five, top ten. U.S. Opens, he's sniffed. Uh, PGA, he was sniffing around. I kind of feel like him winning this is now a time for Rom to go on a major run here. You know, you, the way that things have been going for these golfers in the past, you know, five or six years, it's like you look at Kepka. Kepka got hot and he won how many majors? He won. He was the guy that Four. wins every major. Yeah. You know, Jordan Spieth was like that for a little while. Obviously, earlier in the 2010s, uh, Rory McIlroy was like that for a little while. You know, you, I mean, you can talk about Tiger when he just won every tournament, but like, I feel like these stars of the game and big stars of the game that are on the upper echelon and, you know, Rombo is certainly there. I feel like it's a chance for him now. Uh, where it's at Royal St. George's, the, the, the open now is next. Uh, yeah, I, I feel so. like there's a potential for him to go there and win that and, you know, really get on a, a hot streak here of majors and not p- potentially before the end of, let's say this 23, uh, the 2023 season or something. Him, we be talk about him being like, oh wow, John Rahm now has you know, four of the last six majors or three of the last six majors. I could really see that happening. That was a virtuoso performance on Sunday. Everybody, and we'll we'll rank the we'll rank the meltdowns coming up here. Everyone threw up all over themselves. Anybody who wanted to come out and get that tournament, was who was within four or five strokes, had an opportunity to go out there and get it. Everybody was just throwing up all over themselves. And Rombo put together a spectacular round. What was it? A 67 lowest round of the tournament. And those two putts on 17 and 18, I think we can all sort of agree that the putt on 17 was really the one. Because it yep. set up the ability to go into the scorable par, par 5 18th with the ability to be like, hey, if I make a birdie here, I'm probably going to win the tournament. And everybody was birdie in that hole. He still had to make a huge putt, don't get me yep. wrong. But that big breaker swinger on 17 right in the heart massive fist pump i just love how fired up he was i you know there's a lot of golfers who's they're happy they get excited you know they give you a little fist pump but that's tiger-esque having a guy doing the double fist pump walking in putts getting the crowd fired up that gave me the feeling of tiger and there's not many guys that give you that feeling i was extremely happy to see john rom with that performance last sunday gunner so this is this is a super uh, nerdy golf thing, and hey, uh, we're, we're hosting the we're golf, the show, golf Brent, show, cutting at Sam McKee, so as good a spot yeah. as any. It's funny how the moment that that my mind went to for whatever reason when I saw Rom make those two putts was the Spieth putt from the U.S. Open at Chambers Bay when he's kind oh, yeah, of walking away with it, and he's and he's just yeah, and he's just <laughs> pointing away at it. And it's funny how that was the kind of moment from the past, I don't know, half decade. Obviously, this is outside of Tiger's win. But that was the moment for the last decade that lived. It was the hot, it was the center of all the Rolex commercials. It was yep. everything. And it's just so funny how that's what Spieth is to the game, right? Calm, relaxed, look at this, elegant, graceful. 
But this, the, what we see from John Rahm, it's the return to what made so many people fall in love with it. It's that tiger yeah. aspect of it. I mean, I, I forget that who it was. Visceral joking. emotion. That's like, the thing. It's just... like. He's Go best ahead, fist sorry. pumper. He's best fist pumper we've seen since Tiger. Like even just something as as simple as that. And, and yeah, it's exactly that. It's a guy who plays with emotion. You know, you think to so you think to so many of the guys, and you know, okay, Bryson definitely doesn't apply to this. I think he plays with with plenty of emotion. Uh, I think Rory is a guy who tries to battle it or bottle it up, but he can't really. But it's like you look at a guy like Kepka, pretty buttoned down. DJ, pretty buttoned down. Spieth, obviously he's talking a lot, but it, it feels to me like he tries to keep it within himself. And having a guy like Rom, who's just kind of on the exact opposite end of that spectrum to me, it's just so good for the game. And, and quickly, I wanted to mention, you talk about you feel like he's always in the mix at the Masters. Um, can I just yeah. read to you all of his Masters results ever? Uh, yes. T27, so uh, stinks yeah, okay. in 2017. Yeah. Uh, fourth, T9, T7, T5. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty He's much always, always in the mix. There. And I, like I said, him going on a, mass, on a, on a major run here, I, he has to be the favorite in every major heading into the, you know, for the next two or three uh, two or three years. Like, I really feel like he's got to – I know he usually is anyway. He was the main – yeah, he, yeah, he was the one – yeah, he won it on uh, Sunday, and he was the favorite uh, all weekend heading in pre-tourney. And uh, and every day you bet him, I think he was the favorite. It's it's time now for Rombo. It's his time to go on the run, like I said, on the Kepka run, on the Spieth run, on these little runs that seems to be the trend with these big stars. So, hey, I love when the big boys win the big boys tournaments, mm-hmm. and you want a big boy U.S. Open winner, and we got it. That was awesome. That was just an electric Sunday. Like the first couple of days were a little Richard Bland, you know. Yeah. We were oh, talking yeah. About, we talked about it last week. They were not necessarily exciting. We were kind of like, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, poor Blandy. Oh, God, he looked tired. He just couldn't hold her together. He couldn't, like, even though he finished 75-75 on the weekend. Maybe even worse, but it was a really boring start to it. But then Saturday heated up, and then Sunday was an electric factory. And I guess that's a good place to get to our, our ranking, our meltdowns. But Perfect um, place. Let's, uh, let's get into it. I'll let you start, Gunner, but there was some epic ones there. Well, I mean, if if we're just going with in terms of the biggest meltdown from well, the way it was going, it's gotta the, be, yeah, yeah, right. It like it's like I, well, actually, hold on. Are we thinking about the same guy? Because yes. I think you think I'm going to say somebody, but I'm not. Mm. I, I think it's I think it's Richard Bland. Like he, the guy was okay. in the '70s all weekend long. Like that's just like it doesn't matter the most. We all knew it was coming, but in terms of just like how it started, like the old what's the uh, the Twitter meme? Uh, how it started, how it's going? Uh, good <laughs> to not very good at all uh, for for Dick Bland there. So I think he's the one. But yeah, okay, I'll say the one you thought I was going to. Yeah. I mean, your your guy. The, the thickest of golfers, Bryson DeChambeau. It was uh, not a great, not a great Sunday. Not great. So, I don't, like, was it the slip that the slip just completely bro- broke his brain? So, this has been the thing. This has been the, and I know you think I love to hammer Bryson, and I really only do because you love him so much. Yes. But the thing that I've always said about him that's going to define, look, this is a guy who's going to win his majors. Like there's no world where he ends with one, like he's getting some more. The question is just how many. And I think the thing that's going to define that is how he's able to deal with all the stuff around him right now. It's been a lot of this, this Brooksy stuff. That's the thing. But the whole thing that made Tiger so impressive was that he was able to play golf in the eye of a hurricane at all points in time. And I think Bryson has invited some of that. And I think that that's the biggest challenge going forward for him. And the slip is kind of just one little microcosm of that. It's like the second something goes 
kind of wrong, kind of unexpected, outside of what, you know, uh, I know this is going to sound like we're talking about hockey, outside of what the chart says, then it that's when things get a little squirrely for him. So I just think the slip just kind of set him reeling and he was never able to get it back on track. Yeah, and I think that I think that's well said. And like that he he made the turn leading, right? He headed to 10 with yep. the lead at the at the US Open and I think everybody matter how I said that John Rahm was the favorite at all points. I thought it was over when he if had the you, lead. If you had if you headed to um because he dropped the dart on 8, right? Where it was like yep. the kick in like almost a hole in one. And you're like, okay, this is done. Like, he's really yep. going to go on here, have back-to-back. And then, like I, like you said, the slip and then that shot over by the beer case. And our boy Zinger with a master class. Paul Azinger is amongst my favorite announcers in all of sports. But boy, oh boy, that line about the stellar, when it was over by the stellar. So, you might, might want to have a couple. A, yeah, you might want to hammer down a couple of those before I hit that next shot, Bryson. It was like, oh, my God, straighter than train smoke. God, he's so good. And everyone's like, I see a lot of people whining about him. And I'm like, this is exactly what you want from a goal. Like, what do you want? You want a guy? I don't get it. People no, just want to whine to whine about the broadcast. They, they do want to whine to whine. good. But I think, I think the thing with Zinger, and I'm with you, like, Paul, Paul, Z- Paul Azinger, it's like uh, Tiger Woods or Paul Azinger on the show. Ugh, I don't know. Tough, tough call at this point in time. We love Zinger so much. But I think what it is is that people want – I think it just depends what you're looking for when you're watching golf. I'm just looking to be entertained. I kind of know what's going on. Like if a guy grabs an eight iron from an X amount of distance, it's like, cool. I don't need to be talked through that. I've pulled an eight iron. Yes, it's going to be way farther than I would hit mine, but like, I got it. I understand. Oh, look, that's where the hole is. This is what the wind's doing. He's going to try to cut it. He's going to try to draw it. Like, I don't need to be talked through that, but I do think there are people who kind of want more of that. But for me, I, I, I'm with you. I think Azinger is just so phenomenal. So then he has that shot, and then he takes the eight on the par four, and Bryson's just done. And, you know, he ah, – that is a tough one to come back from. And it, it, here's the thing with him. Like, you talk about everyone sort of – they love when he fails. So he just had to deal with everyone kind of loving it, that Twitter was on fire, every single golf person just loving life, lapping it up. So that's – he's that dude now, right? It's – hey, I, I was texting with you guys, and I said no comments at this time. Yeah. No comments, no questions from the Bryson camp at this time. So I think if you're really going to rank the meltdowns, you got to go number one, Bryson. Can I go number two? You can, please. And of course, how could I not do your boy, Rory McIlroy? Because as literally as soon as the opportunity presented itself, like I, I think Louis bogeyed and yep. he was within one. And he's just like, oh, I forgot how to play golf. Like, he just completely fell apart. He put it in the bunker. He's chopping it out of the bunker. He's standing 10 feet above the ball. He's choking down on clubs. He's shanking shots. And it's hard not to, like, I know it's This is so golf radio guy. But it's so hard not to hypothesize that he caught a glimpse of the leaderboard and just fell apart. Like, is there any sort of way to, like, I don't know. He was just so bad. And I was so disappointed because, like, look. I love to hammer you about Rory, but you know what would have been great for the game of golf? Rory McIlroy winning that U.S. Open. Yep. Him having a couple moments on that back nine, having some pots, having some shots, and he just couldn't handle it. And I think we're at the point now with Rory where we have to really question if he has the mental sort of fortitude to get through this now because he always talks about, oh, I want to play free like when I was a kid, when I back when I was wearing a puka shell necklace and bell bottoms. I want to, you know, and had my had Sam McKee hair from the pandemic. I want to I want to be able to play like that. But we've never see it. He gets ext- 
extremely tight in these big moments. He shoots, what, 75 every opening round at a major except this one. He really, really seems to get tight, and it's impossible to call him a choker because how many majors does he have? Four or five majors? Yeah. You can't be like, he's a choker, but like he's sneaky kind of a choker now. It's crazy how it's sort of changed, but man, oh man, like that was so disappointing to see him melt down like that. So that's an easy number two for me. So I'm I'm usually the first guy to push back on choker narrative. Like I believe I believe there are such thing as chokers. I just need to see a lot of it before I get there. Like the perfect the perfect example of this argument between me and you is Xander Shoffley at the Masters. You say he choked. I say he hit oh a bad shot. I, I know. We don't, we don't need to rehash it first because ball, guess what? First ball in the water in the history of 16 at Augusta. But anyways, yeah. continue. Uh, but with Rory, I think you've seen it in enough different ways now that I don't know how you can think it's anything else other than the pressure getting to him. Because it's, it's not just at the end. How many, what was it, two years ago? Or I don't know, whenever the Open was last played, Shane Lowry's been champ of that tournament for 14 years. Yeah, it seems I was going like to for a decade. But whenever the He's Open was last. champion golfer of the decade. <laughs> champion golfer of the century, Shane Lowry. But when, like, whenever they last played that, Rory goes iron for safety and goes OB. Like, he doesn't tug it into the rough. He goes OB with an iron off the fairway. The guy's the best driver of the golf ball in the world. Maybe Bryson, you know, yeah. again, we, we'll put a pin in that for another day. But it's just like I've seen it in enough different ways. It's not just, oh, you hit it. Look, guys hit squirrely drives down the stretch. That's not choking. It's hard yeah. to hit perfect drives for 18 straight or, you know, 15 straight holes or whatever it is. But I've just seen it in so many different ways with Rory that I don't really know how you, how you can. Um, yeah. I'll do one more. I'll, do, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll hit us up with the, uh, the third star of Meltdown. Okay. Now – because it's candidate coming up, I'm not going to say no. the guy you're maybe thinking of. No, I'm going to go can't. Louis Ustazen. No, no. Hey, no comments about Mac Hughes at this Yeah, time. just like you had no comments about Bryson. Excellent I... performance. Final pairing at the U.S. Open. The pressure could get to the best of us. No problems with Mac Hughes weekend. Congrats on a great week on Mac. No comments at this time. Next. Bingo. I, although I will say there was a great picture going around of him addressing the media. Uh, and his kid looked like we all kind of felt watching that round. He and also... <laughs> God, every time they flash to poor Mac, and he has a hundred footer for par. It's like, oh my God, Mac, no. <laughs> poor Mac. Yeah. Uh, but God, anyways, anyways. Uh, as we were saying, just a phenomenal uh, weekend yes. from the Canadian. Who will be representing Canada at Tokyo? Presuming the Olympics mm. uh, still happen, which is boy, uh, that that's dicey. Seems uh, I gotta go, Louis. I gotta go, Louis Ustazen. How hey. many chances? How many chances? How many chances you had in all these majors now? And how many chances did you have in that one? And again, this is not John Rahm didn't back into it. He went out and took it. But the only reason he was able to is because Louis Ustasa wasn't able to do anything on the back nine of that, that tournament. But the thing is, he didn't really need to. He didn't no. have to really do anything. The one thing he had to do was not go left on 17. And Zinger nailed it again. Oh, you could have hit it at the hotel. And it's like, <laughs> why did you go into the rattlesnake pit, Louie? Just aim right. Aim right, man. Just get a par and get to the the birdieable 18. You got a chance, man. And then to lay up out of the rough on the 18, like, we get a whole one from 120 yards? Go for it, man. You're rich. It's your only chance. Like, what are you doing? Plunk one in the water. Who cares? It's like, he just needed that T2. He needed that t second place. The Louis U stays in memorial spot in majors. I was honestly a little bit disappointed for him because I don't, 
I don't actively hate Louis Ustazen. That'd be a tough no. opinion to have. He's got a sweet swing. Seems like a great guy. Lives in an RV during the tournaments. Like he, he really seems like an everyman. But God, that was an everyman mistake on 17. It's like, what are you doing? Anywhere yeah. but the rattlesnake pit, man. It's not often I say this. He really needed my slice out there. He really, he really did. did. You think I'm hitting it in that? If, I mean, if the rattlesnake pit is right, I'm finding it even if I try not to. But left, I could have helped old you Lewis know what out there. Blew, you know what blew my mind? And How I'm, big now the we'll, rattlesnake they showed on the broadcast? Oh, that was extremely about that for scary. one second? But I, I'm a golf – I watch golf every weekend. I'm a guest – I'm the host of the golf show, I guess. And I – when what was it? Zanger, one of them was like, yeah, he's never won on the PGA Tour. The only PGA Tour he, win he has is the major, the, the – the, I was like, what? Yeah. I couldn't believe – I was floored he's never won in America. Feels like he's at the top of every leaderboard every weekend and he's never won. That's a choker. I, I'm sorry, Louie. Like, I love you, buddy. You got a sweet swing. Seem like a beauty. You're the he's the king choker. Yeah, him and uh, him and, and Fleetwood is the uh, the much much younger, much less. Oh yeah, he actually that's actually here. a great comparison. He is yeah. the um, he is the what's the word that I'm looking for here? The the predecessor. That's that's his mm. man. He's gonna take over go. for Louis when Louis retires, having the guy that finishes second place and never wins in America. All right, I love it. Uh, and the way Tommy Fleetwood's uh, career has gone in majors, he would he would kill for four second place oh, yeah, finishes he would love uh, right that. now. Yes, he would. You know what we'd kill to do? Well, not really. We're, we're just going to step aside for one minute. We'll do it. We continue. Our buddy, Eric Patterson. I haven't talked to him in ages. Of course, he covers golf for the score. We will talk to him when we continue here on the golf show. It's rocking along. Also, text lines open, 590-590. Please include your name and location. Let us know where you're swinging the sticks this weekend. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee on the golf show. So, obviously, uh, a lot going on in the world of golf, uh, fresh off of a major last week. And we've got another one on the go uh, right now. We'll dive into that a little later on in the show. But right now, joining us, Eric Patterson covers golf for The Score. Follow Eric's golf coverage, download The Score app, and also follow him on Twitter at EPATGolf. EPAT, how you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing well, boys. Thank you for having me on. Oh, fired up, fired up. Uh, always happy to uh, talk with you. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll take a look at uh, this week, but we got we to gotta look back uh, fr- fresh off the major. You know, I, I, I was just saying it's always nice anytime you get some new blood. You know, hey, the Danny Willett Masters win. That, that was fun, but that's a little different than John Rahm joining the club and really stamping himself as one of the true elite guys in the game. To me, it just always it's always nice to see one of these young guys kind of, you know, we saw it last year with Mark Howa kind of pull up a chair to the table and really, Really, you know, look, John Rahm's world number one. He, he didn't need the major win to necessarily define him, but this certainly helps it for sure, I would think. Yeah, Rahm, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that everyone pegged to have a major win in, their, in his career, and it was, it was just a matter of when, not if. And it made a lot of sense for him to happen at Torrey Pines because, uh, you know, that's a course that he broke through with his first win back in 2017. He's played well there his whole career. So it just kind of the stars aligned for him and he even said that after he won it just this is just it made too much sense for him to win his first major at, at Torrey and it, he did it in pretty dramatic fashion I mean there's not many people who have that clutch gene that you know I don't want to compare him to Tiger but those two putts that he he made on the on the closing two holes not a lot of guys can do that anymore and Rom time and time again he keeps 
coming up in the clutch. Last year it was DJ in the playoff. Um, he chipped in at the Memorial last year as well. So he just he's turning into one of those guys that uh, the last few holes of the tournament when it's on the line, he's the one who's going to step up. So it's going to be the first of many majors for for the Spaniard. Yeah, and you mentioned the Tiger comparison, and Gunnar and I in our opening block talked about that, and I actually think it's fair because the passion that he played with on Sunday there with those two big putts, like I actually really feel like that was the most Tiger-esque performance, like a, a vintage Tiger-esque performance that we've had in a really long time. I think that's a fair comparison, Eric. <clears throat> yeah, it's – it's uh, everyone wants to compare someone to Tiger, but I, I – it's about as fair as it can get with it being unfair. I mean, everyone was talking about how, how Morikawa is almost the next Tiger because of all the cuts made, and then he won a major, and he was he was doing it at, at the age of, like, what, 22, 23. Um, but, yeah, no one's ever going to get there, but he definitely has that gene that I don't think a lot of guys right now on tour have. And, I, it, you know, before last week, you could argue who was the number one player in the world, and I think Rom just kind of put that put that the nail in the coffin there to, to – end that conversation because it is pretty clear of who is the best player in the world right now. Um, there's a few guys in the conversation, but I think Rob's definitely pulling away. He, you could argue he's won back-to-back events. I mean, McElroy pretty much handed him the memorial. He had to withdraw with a six-shot lead. So winning, I mean, quote-unquote winning the memorial and then following it up with the U.S. Open title, that's uh, some pretty impressive stuff. You know, I know we're all doing the thing where we're like, okay, not to compare, but l- like, look, here's the thing. Big putts down the stretch, killer fist pumps, wearing a red shirt on Sunday. I don't know. Like, I think that's kind of as close as, as we're as we're getting here, at least until Charlie is, I don't know, like a, like a decade later. Uh, oh, I think you're going to you – know, you don't like that, E-Pat. I, for, I forgot about that. Uh, you know, what, when you're talking about he's going to get his majors, the thing that I always do, and I don't know, maybe it's early, maybe you'll say, I don't know, let it play out, but I have to wonder. Him and Bryson are both sitting there with one. In a decade, in two decades, in whatever length their careers take them. I don't know. Maybe they're both Phil Mickelson. They're winning at 50. Who ends up with more, do you think, and, and why? That's a great question. Uh, I'd probably lean Rom just because I think his game is a little more adaptable to different courses. He's got the short game. He's a great putter. Um, obviously, his irons are extremely well, but, like, He's, he's clearly figured out Augusta. He has a bunch of top finishes there, so I wouldn't be surprised that he wins a, a green jacket in the near future. Um, I'm excited to watch him at the Open in a couple of weeks because, you know, those Euros definitely have a little bit more um, maybe creativity that you might need to win an Open, where I, I think a lot of people are excited to see what Bryson does at maybe one of the lengthiest courses in the world. Um, if the win gets going, I don't know if the calculations are as easy to do uh, when there's, you know, 30, 40-mile-per-hour gusts of wind. So, I would give the nod to Rom just because I do think he can win all four majors where I think right now Bryson is he's a little dependent on setup where he needs it he needs it you know, very long with rough with thick rough kind of like what it was at Wingfoot and and pretty much what it was like at Torrey Pine so I would I I'd give the uh, edge to Rom because I think he could win all four. So Ebay, you talking about Bryson at the uh, at the Open is something that I just re- that hasn't really crossed my mind a whole lot, so I'll pause on that because uh, I'll think about that before I ask. Oh, I feel it, like but... they're going to not love him over there. Oh, no. uh, if the I feel like he's going to be don't... hated. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be hated big time, but I want to ask you about Torrey Pines because you brought it up a couple times, and last weekend I came on the golf show and I talked with Gunner uh, and Hugh about how I didn't really like Torrey Pines, and I thought, you know, there wasn't wasn't the best sort of setup for a, for a major, and it was a little too easy. But I have to say, 
it's back-to-back tourneys now, U.S. Opens at Torrey Pines that have been set up with a sick leaderboard with an amazing finish, obviously with Tiger with that fist pump, uh, making that putt against Rocco. But, and now with Rom, you want to whine about the course, but it's set up a pretty great finish. Where, where did you land on that debate? Because it was obviously a hot one with amongst the uh, golf fans on Sunday. Yeah, that, that conversation definitely dominated Twitter for, I would say, three days. And sure. until the leaderboard started to take shape on Sunday, then people forgot about what course they were playing and just focused on who was in the mix which is going to happen a lot, I would say, at the U.S. Open just because of who's there and um, who's typically peaking for that that tournament. So you're going to get good leaderboards pretty much wherever you put these guys. But I do think course setup and, you know, what those guys are facing for four days definitely, uh, you know, changes the story for the first three days because it adds a little bit more intrigue. To, the course might be more interesting. You might see some different names. I guess we had Richard Bland at the top for a moment there, so that was kind of crazy. But um, I, I just don't think it tested every skill. It tested certain skills. Um, it was pretty much just a straight execution test where you had to you had to focus on a target, hit the target. Um, if you hit it further than most guys, you're probably um, better off. But it just it didn't make the golfers think as much. I would as I would like to see out of courses. Um, you saw it at Kiowa where there was just wind howling. There's um, you know, tons of undulations and runoffs around the greens. So you had to like really focus on um, hitting the exact right spots on the greens. But at, at Torrey, you could get away with misses. There was a lot of rough that was holding the balls up. And um, we saw it on Sunday on the par three. Rom put it like way left over the par three. And you would expect that ball to, to bounce and carry him away into the canyon. But somehow the rough catches it. He chips it, saves, saves par. Um, but under a typical U.S. Open setup or one that a lot of people want to see is they want to see that rough gone. They want to see, you know, balls bouncing away and running away 30, 40 yards um, and making the up and downs a lot harder. So uh, for three days, yeah, I would say the course was a little bland, but uh, no pun there for the Richard Bland. But um, yeah, I like that. It was a little the, Richard the, Bland. The tournament took off on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's, you know, you mentioned guys had to execute, and the only, like, execution I want to see at a U.S. Open is the entire field. Like, I just want carnage, carnage, carnage. You know, we had it at Wingfoot, despite, you know, how dominant kind of Bryson was in that, and it's just that, – that was more where I'm at. I think, I think some of the hate, even from, you know, as I'm thinking back on it from myself, is a little overblown given the finish we got. But it's just, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, and I know there has been some talk about this, the idea of the U.S. Open doing what the Open does and just saying, okay, it's at Oakmont, it's at Pebble, it's at Wingfoot. You know, pick your five, six, seven, and just Love kind that. of go, go to it. We don't need to, to shoehorn in the Tories of the world. Are, are you with me on that, or do you like it when they uh, kind of give us – I know this isn't a new venue, but, but something a little different in the U.S. Open, or would you like a Rota? I wouldn't mind a Rota and mixing in some, you know, Chambers Bays or Aaron Hills. I know those didn't get rave reviews when they went there, but it, those are some courses that are kind of condition-wise. I'm, I might be out on uh, the U.S. Open, one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world, going to a course that we see every year on the PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, it just, I mean, they go to Pebble, which is Pebble. Pebble's on a class of its own, in my opinion. Okay, but I, 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 was, I needed to hear that. I could not take the U.S. Open away from Pebble, so I'm happy. You yeah, the, the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach is like the crown jewel. That's just like, is what it is. But going to Torrey, um, you know, I'm not here to... To, to talk trash about Tory Pines the whole time, but um, 
I would like a tighter rotation with some of the more classic courses. But at the same time, this is where golf's going. They need 7,700 yards um, to house these guys. And Torrey Pines is one of the few venues in the state that can do it. Yeah, well, well said. Uh, I suppose. I suppose. Hey, uh, they're, they're they're not making any more land, so you got to use uh, what's out there. <laughs> Epat, uh, love, love, love talking to you. Always enjoy your stuff. And uh, as mentioned, you can follow Epat uh, along at the score. Follow him on Twitter at Epat Golf. Eric, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks let's get out swing the sticks sometime. Yeah, let's do it. Don Valley. All right, let's do it. There, oh, you heard him. He was listening to the first block. He wants in oh, Don yeah. Valley, maybe. Uh, oh. There you go. Uh, McKee. I know who look, I'm texting. Uh, yeah, so okay, so where are you at on the on the Bryce and Rom? They're both at one. Who finishes with one? It's a great question. I, I don't think Bryson's gonna hold up. Like That's I really think at. that Bryson needs to get if he's gonna have finish with more than Rom, I feel like he has to get like three or four in the next three years. Like I really feel like that's his way to do it because look, I love the way he plays. I love the violence, I love just his, you know, re- disregard for his body and his health. But this isn't going to hold up. Like, his knee will go, his back will go, and he'll have to really reform himself. It's just, you know, you watch Rom play golf, and you watch Bryson play golf, and it's like, one of these things looks way more natural than the other. Rombo is just a natural. Like, you're a classic natural. Just kind of, he feels his way around the course. He can hit it a mile, obviously, but, like, he's got great touch. He's got those Spaniard hands out of the bunker. Like, he's really, really, really good. Just as, like, a classic golfer. And Bryson's just a robot. Who does robot? machine moves so i really think it'll be wrong because i don't think bryson's game will hold up i can picture a world where you know that uh that that boiler is a little bigger and he's like you know 48 and he's winning at like getting his seventh major at uh, at the masters beating up on charlie woods in the final on the final pairing or something i could really see him winning later into his career than bryson so i'm gonna go with rombo that's where that's where I go to. It's like if you're gonna tell me that Bryson's gonna get five or some big number like that, I don't I don't think that's crazy. I don't know that I'm quite there yet, but I don't think that's obscene. But he's kind of got to get him by the time he's like thirty yeah. or thirty one or yeah. something like that. Because, he's got to go on a run. And look, I mean, we all have done the Tiger stuff. We all know what he put his body through. It wasn't just golf. But Bryce is putting his body <laughs> through curricular activities. Yeah, yeah, well, both both Navy SEAL and other curriculars. Uh, but yeah. like Bryson is putting a beating on that body of his right now. You see the workout videos he's posting. Like, yeah, it's about mass, but it's also about being a big jack dude. And I just don't know how that's going to sustain itself into thirty. I mean, you're right. I could easily see John Rom being Lee Westwood in in twenty yeah, years time. No doubt. Just, Except he's already got one major, so he's better than Lee Westwood. There you go. Hey, oh, uh, my Uncle Jack yeah. won't like to hear that. Love Lee Westwood. So- sorry about that, Uncle Jack. All right. Uncle uh, Jack is a big Westwood guy. I love that. He, he's English for, for queen ah, yeah. country, as he likes to say. So hey, I'm sure he's, he's got lots of guys. He's a Faldo guy, too. There you go. All right. We've, uh, you know, we, we, we'd like to, uh, we'd love to give a little love to the men, and we've done that. But, you know, there's a Canadian swinging the, spe- the sticks spectacularly this week. We've got to give her a little love. Elena Sharp. T3 at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Going to talk about that and also kick around a little golf debate like we love to do at the end of the golf show. One segment left here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Golf show rocking along here. Brent Gunning and Sam McKee with me. Thank you for listening. Sportsnet 590 The Fan here in Toronto. SN 650 in Vancouver or, of course, 960 The Fan in Calgary. Always thank you for listening. And if you want to text him, 590-590, please include your name and location. 
you know, Mac Hughes, he got off to the uh, the hot. Well, actually, no, it was more of the uh, the the kind of weekend resurgence from from Mac Hughes last Saturday at the U.S. Open. That's right. And uh, you know, a, a Canadian this week getting her work done early. Elena Sharp with back to back solid rounds. She is a T three, uh, but well off of the lead held by Nelly Corda at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Obviously, Brooke Henderson's always uh, kind of front of mind heading into any uh, women's tournament, uh, especially for us. But uh, got to give Elena Sharp her due. Uh, you and I have had a chance to uh, speak with her before so always uh rooting for her a little there and happy to see her doing so well oh yeah and i mean that's that's good shooting out there but it's just nelly corda is a absolute superstar i i, I just got a couple stats here uh she shot 63 yesterday which is uh, in a major which not bad Pretty good. <laughs> that'll Pretty play good. uh she's had four rounds this season of 64 or better Woo. four that's in, that's and she nice. leads the LPGA with most rounds in the 60s. She's a superstar. She plays fast. I love her. Big fan of her game. So uh, good for Elena Sharp. But I feel like it's uh, you're going to have to make a lot of birdies to catch old Nelly this weekend because she is red hot. She uh, closed her round with six straight birdies yesterday, yeah. uh, birdieing seven of her last eight. Uh, yeah, uh, that's 29 on the on the on the back. That'll play. I think that's good. I think I'd sign up for that. I'm getting. And out she there bogeyed playing. the first hole she played, so she wow. shot a 63 with the bogey. So uh, I will not be doing that when I uh, get back out. There. <laughs> no. You know, you're, I'll bogey gonna, the first hole. I, I that I can do. That that I. That's <laughs> even sometimes that's a challenge. Uh, you know, you're gonna get out there nice and early at, at 5:50 uh, on Monday. You and I love love getting out there bright and early. But you've also started playing in a different. You've been you've been kind of cheating on morning golf, if you will. You've mm. been taking dalliances with a side piece uh, almost. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I've got another foursome, which I know you will not like to hear, but I've uh, showed out the I mean, Tuesday I'm, Wednesday. I'm playing golf with someone who's not you tomorrow, so yeah. I can't. Complain. We got the we got the Wednesday league. Uh, we got a foursome. The boys will we go out and play, and. I had one on, I guess it was Wednesday night. We played at Lakeview, and we, we teed off at 5.10. Got in under the wire. Uh, 18 was hard enough at Lakeview. Uh, it's You're like even harder than the... Firestone there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, 18 at Lakeview. Hard. You know what it's even harder? In the dark. But we got through <laughs> her. Uh, I made a very, very underwhelming bogey to finish the round. But it just kind of got me thinking. The moon was out over the 18th hole. It was a beautiful night. And... I really have fallen in love with the Twilight Golf again. I I thought it's a just here's the thing. We're fast golfers on a sat, on a morning that we play usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday morning you're going to be done in 3:30. You're going to be playing quick. You're not going to be waiting a lot. If you go on a Twilight, you got to pack your patience a little bit more. It's a different kind of style of golf out there. But it's really really enjoyable. And I think it's the differences in the two things between the morning golf that we usually play and the evening golf is what makes golf so amazing. It's because it feels like a completely different sport almost. Like I, I the guys that I play with are big cart guys, which I know it's not necessarily our favorite thing, but I I walked for the first 14 or 15 holes and then I was had the vax brain. I felt like I was going to pass out, so I had to <laughs> I had to I had to hop onto one of the carts. And it's just so fun. We had a few beers. You know, you just play at a different pace. We've got the music going in the cart. Everybody out there is having a great time. No one's taking it too serious. I feel like the tour is the morning rounds and, like, the, the amateur time is on the, it's the evening time. That's like the pro I, I, I loved it. So I'm, I'm into the evening golf. I was more of a morning guy, obviously, but I really, really do love the twilight golf, and I think that's what makes golf great is how different it feels from the morning to the night. 
I, I played mostly kind of Twilight when I first started playing. Uh, definitely like the mornings more now. But this is the thing I've been hammering. I've been I've been talking about. We talked about it a lot with you I, we, when we did the topic of do you like music in the course? And I think the thing that golf has kind of figured out in the last decade or so is that it doesn't have to be one thing. Think about think about basketball or, or any other or your beer league hockey. Yeah, you can play in a really serious league where you take it incredibly, or you can have your beer yeah, league, we, or you can have a Sunday skate where you're just throwing together teams. You can go play shinny. It can be many different things. Mm -hmm. And I think golf for so long was stuck in. You're you're wearing pants and it's 18 holes and you're gonna shake. You must have a collar. And now you're finding different ways. Maybe you got some music going. Yeah, it's like, you know, we were we were texting with our group, and it's so funny how, yeah, our early morning rounds, boy, they feel a lot different than the odd time we're out there on a weekend with our buddies mm -hmm. and the beers are going and you're in a yep. cart and the music's going. And it's just a completely different thing. And, you know, I, I mentioned there's a little nine-holer by me. I'm going to get out there and start taking some strolls. And it's just golf doesn't have to be one thing. I'm going to keep hammering this point because I think it's the thing that, that we – love the most about this game we love playing it but us play and think about it think about how different the rounds you know both of us we get out there and play with our parents think about how different those rounds are from when we're out with each other or other buds it's just there's always a way to kind of make it different there's always a way to enjoy it and if that's the parting shot i'm going to leave with what a love what that. a debut to us love the golf it. show uh brent gunning sam mckee the golf guys you'll hear many plenty more of us in this time slot obviously uh we before we leave we do want to say once again Thank you to Hugh Burrell. Uh, what a yes, spectacular sir. teammate he was. Loved working with him. And you know what else I love doing? Talking to all you. And I'm going to keep doing it. Sportsnet today continues on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Next, Brent Gunning and Sam McKee. Thank you for listening to The Golf Show.